Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We are excited because this commission series, I got to be honest, when my husband said we're going to focus on missions, I was like, oh, what, has to, what else can be done, right? <laughs> you know, Mission Sunday, like, oh my goodness. And so I got to get to some of these meetings. You know, they have these meetings on Mondays and they, you know, make a decision about who's going to preach what, you know? And my husband, he gets the power of agreement, you know, the church. I'm like... <laughs> That's appropriate. Okay, I, I give him that. And then Pete, you know, he gets to minister on, you know, individual, the anointing, the gifts. And uh, that's cool, you know. That's, that topic is interesting to all of us, right? Me, you know, like, let's go. And then I get the family. Complicated thing, you know. And I'm like, yay, family. Woo! You know. And so... Um, I'm excited about the, just this whole series because it's really invigorated me. It's really helped me to focus on what we are doing and why we're doing it. So we had the first week with Pastor Gwenmar, and he focused on the power of agreement. That was just knocking my socks off because you have to be in agreement. And if you're going to go far, right, you can go to a point when there's dissension in the camp. But when you are in agreement, there is nothing a church can't do. Amen? And, and, and Pastor Pete, he just blew my mind away when he started talking about how anointed you could be, but you're not authorized. I'm just like, whoa, this is deep. This is, this is crazy. And so I've been thinking about, it is a privilege. It is a privilege to talk about the family. Not only the family from which we come, but the present family that we are in. And then to take it to another level, the family of God. The family of God is the pathway to victory. The family of God is the answer. Amen. And so I was thinking about the word family. You know, when you say the word family, so many things come up. You know, you think of words like love, protection, competition, (laughs) anger, resentment, um, adventure, I was a family of adventure. I'm like, what are we doing today? Yes. You know, and, 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 and abandonment, rejection. You know, those are words that come up for us when we say family. It's a complicated, but it's a beautiful thing. It's a glorious thing, but it's complicated. We have to talk about that. But then when you think about the family of God, some of those same words come up for us, right? You know, the church. The kingdom, you know, when you meet somebody and you talk about the family of God, you know, you either hear the church, right? Or you hear a global term, the kingdom of God, you know, it's you usually could tell which camp you're in, you know, like if somebody's been hurt in a church, they're talking about the kingdom of God is bigger than the, the, the church. And it is. But we're going to talk about the family of God because it is where the spirit of the Lord rests. Family is God's idea. It is still God's original idea. So in modern day times, our political climate, we like to redefine what family is. And we do it so, so importantly, right? How many kids I get to have? um, How many, is this pregnancy viable? 
You know, when does life actually begin? Who do I marry? You know, and as pastors, we hear all types of things, you know, about marriages and, and families and, you know, people wanting to be different. And you can't define for me what my marriage is. You know, you hear that. You, you hear that often. And so we hear those same kinds of issues, those same kinds of words when we talk about the family of God that we talk about the family we're from because we re-experience those issues. You know, when you come into a church, you sort of replay family, family experiences, right? If you have issues of rejection, you're probably going to get rejected, right? Right? And because that spirit of rejection is on you and you're comfortable with that scenario playing out in your life. And so when I say family of God, you know, we think of many different things. But the family of God means that we are embodying, as Sterling said, the life of Jesus through the spirit of God as community. We are embodying, we are the hands of feet of Jesus. And we're going to talk about that today. It is so important that while God is creative of all, he is not the father of all. God may be your creator, but if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't call him father. You can call him father like as a, you know, a general thing, but he is not your Abba father. Amen. Amen. To be a part of the family of God is so important because it solves a lot of issues. It's where the spirit of God rests and we can begin to work out those issues that hinder us, that victor versus victim mentality. God wants to work out. The spirit of the Lord is here and he wants to get that victim mentality so we can be victorious in the things of God. Now, what I want to get across today primarily, okay, I pray that not only would you receive, I want you to believe. I want you to believe and receive. Because sometimes you can believe that the power of God is resting on you, right? But you don't have to receive it. Even the demons believe. Amen? I'm not calling you demons. But I'm saying <laughs> even the demons believe. Amen? But family is always and will always be God's original idea. He places us in families. It says he places the solitude in families so that we can experience or receive his love and in turn learn how to love others. Oh, this is good. This is good. As a result of receiving the love, we become members of the family of God, no longer victims of our circumstances, no longer victims. My favorite part of pastoring and, and, and working with a wonderful pastoral team is when we see that transformation of someone coming into the body of Christ and they're victims of their circumstances. They're victims of what happened to me, right? Amen. And then through the process of receiving the power and the spirit of God, they become victims. They believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, but they also receive the power of the Holy Spirit to love the unlovely, to love when we're hurt, to give when people have 
forsaken us or taken advantage of us. So family is a glorious and complicated thing. I was made for more than being stuck in a vicious cycle of defeat. It says, I was not made to be a victim of my poor choices. I was made to be a victorious child of God. Oh, this is good. I was made for more. I was made for more. Pastor Pete talked last week about that void. Lord, there's got to be something more. We were made for more. Oftentimes, people come in and they're victims of, of, of what happened to them at eight, at 18, at 38, and at 58, and that is resonating. And today we're going to break off some things because we're going to move from victim to victor. Amen? And from the way we define marriage, it's like there's an attack on our identities. You know, I think of I'm an 80s baby, you know, really 70s, but I'm an 80s baby. <laughs> I grew up in the 80s, and, and I think about my identity, you know, and I think of what kids face now. It's amazing. You know, a lot of things we were thinking about are just like child's play now. It's like nothing now. It's like accepted now. We call the good things bad and the bad things good now. And so I just think about how the enemy likes to attack our identities early in life. Isn't that something? He doesn't play fair. So that's why we have to access that power of the Holy Spirit because you can't love your husband. You can't love your wife without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't raise your children without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't love your brother when he has hurt you without the power of the Holy Spirit. So parents have this awesome responsibility to kind of set their kids up for victory. They have, they, they, if they're Christian, they're, they're mentoring their kids, so to speak. They're teaching them right from wrong. And the challenge is sometimes we're too much, right? Sometimes we do too much, like way too much, you know, because of the history that we have. I'm, I'm, not, I'm never going to do that to my kid. <laughs> and then we go to the other extreme. But when we are walking in the spirit and not in the flesh, the Holy Spirit said, hold up. Hold, hold up. I, I, I know what you think you need to do, but I want you to try a different approach. And I'm going to be vulnerable here. Pastor Emily talked about shame a few uh, months ago. There's nothing deep. Everybody's like, oh, Oh, I can't wait to hear this. But I was thinking about my own childhood, you know? You preach these, this is why family is so tough, because when you're writing and when you're ministering, you're hearing the Lord on family, your own stuff comes up. And I begin to think about my identity and how I was raised in a Christian home, and, 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 and you have these dreams about becoming something. I came to my mother in the fifth grade, and I wanted to be a star. Um, you know, not just a star, an entertainer, a multi-talented entertainer, a dancer, a singer, and a rapper. I, I, hey, it was, it was really bad. And, and this, this dream went on for the fifth grade, the sixth, seventh, eighth, and then as Emily, you know, likes, likes to point out, I peaked in the ninth grade. You know, how do you become a has-been in the ninth grade? 
You know, I'm walking down halls and people are like, she used to be good. I remember that seventh grade play. I remember that, that talent show. And, and so I love the, 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 just reflecting on the parenting styles that you receive, you know, because, you know, parents are different. And thank God for, for people who are in uh, single-parent homes. The resilience is amazing. But sometimes you need two parents, right? Many times you need two parents because my parents were the extreme. You know, I would go to my dad. Hey, dad, I think I want to be a star. And he would reinforce that foolishness. He would say, okay, baby, what you want to do? Let's get going. And, and, and my mother, she was a wise woman. She would look at me. I think she may have recognized it once. And she would just smile as she wrote scriptures on an index card and placed it in my lunchbox. She just looked sad and she didn't want to reinforce it because the more sometimes you draw things, you make things a big deal, becomes a big deal. So she just hoped this dream of mine went away, you know? And so I knew who to go to. I went to my father. And um, I'm going to be vulnerable. The name of my group was called For Devotion. The number four. <laughs> this, is, this is bad. I'm, I'm being vulnerable. Devotion. It was four women, Heather, Tiffany, and Wani. And I was the leader. Hey, you know, it just, <laughs> I ran uh, lessons. I, I did practices in my garage. It was hard you know, preaching and, 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 and going to church and hearing preaching about giftings. But I'm like, I want to be a star. Why isn't he talking about being a star, you know? And so it was so funny because I spent all this time rehearsing and making up songs. And we, you want to hear the name of the song? It's real creative, Broken Heart. Second song on this wannabe album, My Boyfriend Went Away Now. <laughs> yeah, it gets, it gets bad. It it's really gets bad. And then my all-time favorite, Climbing Up the Mountain. And I had some dissension in the camp, you know? These girls, you know, I was talking about the cut, and they didn't think I should get 40%, and then they'd, you know, break up. I was making up all these songs, you know? I mean... This is getting bad. I, I understand with what the Supremes went through and Destiny Child went through, and, and it, was, it was hard. I, I, you know, I would come in from practices, and I'll be parched, and I'll have to get a, some lemonade. And my brother said, how are things going? And I said, they don't understand. You know, the star always is in front, you know? And, and, and so I think of parenting that way being led by the Spirit, when to say, oh, so you want to be a rapper? You want to be an entertainer? And when to let go of the idea. You need the Holy Spirit to show you how to parent. And so this dream went on. I became a local celebrity. Yeah, you know, it's not a big deal. When, my, when I married my husband, we were, I think I was about 26. He was about... 29, and we were in my hometown, and we walked into this store, and someone said, my name, my stage name, and it's, okay, well, nerds shouldn't be entertainers, okay, because I was obsessed with Superman, 
But there was a problem. There was a woman called Lois Lane that always seemed to take my thunder. And um, I decided to become Londa Lane. I hope I'm still a part of this family of God. Londa Lane. Not Yolanda Lane, just Londa Lane. Because Lois Lane, two-syllable thing. Don't judge, okay? I'm being transparent. I need the family of God to work out my childhood issues. And the way you're laughing in derision, um, I, I'm just questioning. No, just the Princess Londa Lane. Okay, this is, oh my goodness, this, this is so freeing um, to be able to share who I was. And the thing about it was, it was so great because my mother and my father did not crush my dreams. Amen? They did not say, that's foolishness. That's child's play. They would just roll their eyes and say, okay, I'll, I'll be here when you come back from the studio. <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit to parent these days. We need to know what the Spirit is saying because there is so much judgment on parents. Do we homeschool? Do we send our kids to public school? Do we breastfeed? Do we not breastfeed? Are you hard enough? Are you not being hard enough? But how many, we need grace to parent. And sometimes we forget we were children when we're parenting. And we parent out of fear. We love out of fear. We love our spouses out of fear and control because this thing is really perpetuated by the spirit of rejection. Rejection. We've all experienced it in our childhoods, in some form or others, whether we were rejected by our primary family members, our siblings, our peer group, rejection by our first love, rejection. And it is a painful emotion. I think it's one of the most painful emotions. And if we're not careful, that spirit of rejection can help us justify our victimhood. They hurt me. I deserve this. You know American culture, my rights. But when we become a part of the family of God, we give up our rights. We give up our rights. We serve a savior who did not exercise his authority to show them who he was. He understood who he was and what he was called to do. And sometimes I really believe that spirit of rejection allows us to believe a God, but we don't receive the spirit of God. The spirit of God is not resting in churches like it needs to be because we're trying to be significant where we should not be. We're trying to, the spirit of competition that Pastor Pete talked about has no place, but it quenches the Holy Spirit. And so we have to deal with that spirit of victimhood, and we have to move to the spirit of being a victim. So the quality of foundation, your marriage, if you have a shaky marriage, most likely your kids will be shaky. Amen? If you have a shaky foundation, your children will likely feel that. They say, oh, they're young, they don't know. Kids know, amen? They know, they know that there's research that says 
They have feelings. There's endorphins released when a father hugs his mother in front of him. Even though they go, ew, no, get a room, right? <laughs> There's security in that. There's security in that. So if you come from a broken family, there's compassion for you. There's compassion. I came from a broken family. There's compassion on you. But if you get a vision for what the Lord has in your life, you not only believe Jesus, you receive the victory for you. Amen? So communication, I'm not going to talk about that. If you didn't hear the relationship series of conflict and communication, it is amazing in relationships because, you know, intimacy is established when we have shared experiences. Not only that we share experiences with family members, but the quality, the quality, the tone, the sarcasm. They know we're teaching our sons how to love their wives by how we treat their mothers. Oh, it's a big thing. That's why it's a complicated, but yet a glorious thing if we allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Because I, I, I'm amazed how I talk to siblings and how, how me and I talk to my brother, and we have different perceptions on our childhood, right? I'm like, no, that was great. He said, oh, that was horrible. I'm like, are we from the same home, right? Right, because your perspective on things determines how you view yourself, you know? I, I, I'm amazed. I, I worked for, before I became a therapist, I worked for CPS for a short period of time, six years. It <laughs> felt like forever in and, and Connecticut. And, and what I would do, I would do assessments on mothers and fathers who were determined to be incompetent for whatever reason, poverty, drugs, mental health issues and whatever. And I was so amazed that we would walk into this home and it was a sad occasion. The police are there. We are CPS workers. We're there. And then there's three kids and there's totally three different responses. There's a kid there playing video games, totally oblivious to the police, to his mother being brought out in handcuffs. He's just like, I'm Fortnite. You know, he's doing his thing. And then there's a child who is like, the attachment is so strong. The tie is so strong. Mom, mom, no. Mom, where am I going to see you? Mom, you know. And then there's that one resilient child. You know resilience. And, and, and he, for whatever reason, I'm a magnet for these questions, you know. And I have one little, I, let's call him Tony. He'll come up to me. Am I going to school tomorrow? <laughs> I'm like, excuse me? We're, we're getting your bag. We're... we're, we're Am I going to school tomorrow? I got this science project, and I have to be there. He recognizes that there's trouble, and there's trouble in his home, but he doesn't so much identify with being a victim of that circumstance. Same situation, same family, same genetics, but just a different response. Miss, am I going to school tomorrow? Now I got to spend two hours in the office looking for a foster home in that district. But it was wonderful because I knew that that child would be okay. He had horrible things that happened to him, but he wasn't going to let it define who he was. Why can't we do that in a body of Christ? Why can't we do that? We have Jesus Christ living on the inside of us. We believe a thing, but we don't receive it. We don't receive it. It's like, I believe God is strong. I believe he died for my sins. I believe he left me a comforter, but I'm not comforted. 
I'm not, I, I, you don't know what they did to me. Justice needs to happen. And that plays out not only in our family of origin, but our present family. You know, you got husbands still trying to make their wives pay for what the mothers did. Amen. Ouch, I didn't hear amen. Hey. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Why can't we receive the power of God? Because we hold on to victimhood. We, we, we rest in it. I believe in compassion, compassion for your circumstances, compassion for all you've been through. We need to have compassion. We need to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. I'm not for picking yourself up by the bootstraps and move on. I'm not saying that. But don't build an altar there. Don't build an altar at your place of offense. Oh, man. If we can just get that today, church, and receive the revelation and the power of what comes when we say, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to break that generational curse. There's people in my family, there's marriages in my family that didn't make it, but I'm going to make it. Amen? And he places us in the family of God. The family of God saved my life. It saved my marriage even before I got married because God took me out of a family situation that was good, loved God, but didn't do relationships well, right? They didn't do relationships well. But he placed me in the family of God so I can serve and I can see healthy relationships. And, huh, they're talking about their issues. Oh, my goodness, she's actually saying to my, honey, I didn't like the way you talked to me. I think what you had to say was right, but I didn't like your tone, I don't, especially because it was in front of our kids. Could you not do that next time? And I'm just like eating, just like, uh oh, this is, this is something. I shouldn't be here. <laughs> and he'll say, oh, I'm sorry. It's been rough. That, no excuses. I apologize. And guess what? They move on. They deal with the issue. They speak the truth in love, and then they move on. They move on to serving in the church. They move on to living their best life because they dealt with it, they move on. They didn't stay stuck. They didn't talk, well, I, I don't know if I can forgive you because that hurt my feelings and I'm tired of people hurting my feelings. My mama used to talk to me like that. I'm not going to let people talk to me like that. And I don't know if I'm ready to give you the forgiveness. So we control people. We control people by our victimhood. I'm a victim. Give me my victimhood. And we don't say it. I see people fighting for that victim seat in families. And, 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 and all the while, we're mentoring our kids. We're mentoring our kids in victimhood. It's like, that kid gets an 88 on a grade. We're going to go to the school and fix it. My kid got an 88. Craziness. Doesn't even matter. Kid got an 88. This kid, she's got an 88. Mrs. Jenkins says, well, this is a point. He didn't. Well, could you give him an opportunity to do it over? Fourth grade assignment. Really, it's important, but it's not that important. You got to pick your battles because you're going to wear yourself out. Take the 88 and be glad he's not on drugs. Amen? Take the 88 and be glad he's not on drugs. Like, really, in a bigger scope of things, we teach our kids the victim. And then that kid's posture the next day when he got the do-over, and now he has a 96, I don't have to listen. 
to the teacher, even though it had to be in this day. My parents fought for me because I was hurt, I was mad, and we raised victims, generations of victims, victims. Take responsibility. I got an 88, do better next time. Start earlier. Don't tell me you need supplies the night before. Oh, that's a different subject. Oh, it was the worst. My son, Tayshawn, he's working, and he would, uh, 8.45, uh, I need poster board and sparkly glue. Like, it, dude, it's 8.45. Like, my show's about to come at 9 o'clock. I've been doing this thing, trying to get the dishes done. I don't have time to go to get the sparkly glue and the poster board. You too old for this? This is crazy. Like, really? But you know what? I said, honey, should I get the sparkly glue? And should I get the poster board? He would say, no, I'm not getting it. We did it last time. What are we going to teach him? We're rough. I'm telling you, we're bad parents, right? <laughs> I'm like, and so he had to go to school with the discomfort of not having what he needed. And the teacher was able to give him grace or say, okay, I'll let you make up the grade, but the highest you can get would be a B. But he never had that problem again. We solved that issue. So why can't we allow that to happen? I see so many adult parents parenting their adult children in a way that they shouldn't. It's unhealthy. They're breastfeeding grown men. I got to help my Joey. I got to bail him out. I got to help him with his rent. I got to do this. Let them seek the Lord on their own. You're hurting them with your help. I say that all the time. You can hurt people with your help if you're not led by the Holy Spirit. You can hurt people because sometimes, you know, when you've been embarrassed or you forgot to do something, that's a lesson you remember. But if your parents are always bailing you out, sometimes it's love. Sometimes, we, you know, we give grace and we need to do that. But we have to allow the natural consequences to happen younger. So when they're older, we're not paying somebody's mortgage for two months because he's having a hard time. And I'm not being cruel. I'm just saying the church can be as dysfunctional as the world. And so we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's hard to be the hands and feet of Jesus when we come to service and we're praising the Lord and we're believing the good word and we got our fix, but our lives are not acting it out. There's no follow through. So not only are people watching the way we live, we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about love and we're talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, we're not talking about being perfect parents. Our parents mess up. I messed up as parents. But what are you doing the most, most of the time? Kids remember how you make them feel, not what you do. Oh, we're amazed. We, we were talking to our kids, our, our twin daughters are 28. Oh, man, why did I say that? We're old. <laughs> and, 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 and they're reflecting. They're at the house. And, and, and all they talk about how he made them feel. Remember that time, Daddy, I did this? Remember that time we did this? It's not the Disney World trips. It's not the expensive clothes. They remember how you made them feel and the lessons that you taught them. The quality time. Quality time is the, the cure for rejection. It says that I value you. So when you're working all the time, you, you can't value your children. 
right? So I love what Charles Stanley says about rejection. He said, rejection strikes at the foundation of our identity, what we think is true about who we are and what we are worth. This is so good. As a result of someone deeming us unlovable, someone else deeming us unlovable, unfit, worthless, we may subconsciously start to accept that others also hold those same beliefs about us. Thus, that rejection. When we go into the body of Christ, people do things intentionally just for them to be rejected because that's how they identify as someone who is rejected. What is resilience? It's the ability to recover from adversity. It's that little boy, Tony, who had a hard life, but he was holding on to the one good thing in his life, right? He decided to focus on not his mother's abuse and his mother's substance abuse, but he decided to focus on the teacher who was pouring into him at school. He decided to be grateful for what he had. Amen? And so that's what resilience is. The ability to cover, recover from or adjust easily to change or misfortune. To be victors, not victims. And there's a Lance Wallnow slide I want to show you because it, it, it really captures what this is all about. The Lord has called you for such a time as this to bring his freedom and deliverance to your family and future generations. So we're not just working out our own issues in our family, but it is a testimony. It is a, an example for others to follow. And, and, and so I just really think that we not only have that ability to be resilient from what we've gone through in our own strength, but we have the power of God. It's, it's better than resilience. The anointing. We need the anointing discernment, and we need to be mindful of what we plant. There's a scripture I want to share. The spirit of the Lord. Oh, this is good. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. This is in Psalm 61. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. God will fight our battles to comfort all who mourn in our families, ourselves, and for future generations to come and provide for those who grieve. How many have grieved before? I know I did. I had an extended period of grief. And so to provide that comfort to people who come in the body of Christ, because you don't know what they've been through, you know, that loving support, the family of God is a solution. It's, it's the pathway to victory. It says to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair or victimhood. Oh, this is good. He has made provision for us, folks. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, a planting of the Lord, a planting of the Lord, a planting of the Lord. What we plant will come into full bloom. We have to be mindful as to how we plant. And so we got to be aware of how we plant with our children and our spouses, and the family of God, because we may see somebody, some of you in this church, have an anointing for being victorious. I love it, because you can have a bad day, and then they just speak that encouraging word, the gifts, 
of the exhortation on you, and then you just sort of lift when you see the signs as you walk in. Smile as Sunday. It's an anointing on those signs. Amen? Amen? And so he puts us in the body of Christ to be a father to the fatherless. Amen? And, and as adopted children, we enter a new relationship with God. Though we were chosen before the foundations of the world, we lived as the enemy of God up to the moment of our salvation. So we're adopted, and we can call God Father, Abba Father. We can call him Daddy. And so lastly, I want to close with inspired to decide. Inspired to decide. I want us to make some decisions today. We have to make a decision, a decision not only to believe, but to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want the altar call, when we do it, to really focus on receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. Because some of us are not aware. We're striving in the flesh in our families. We're striving, and we're not even aware. We're not even conscious of the Spirit who is there to help us. So number one, make the decision to, rem to remain a victim no longer. Make a decision, make a conscious decision that, hey, this horrible thing has happened to me, but I will not remain a victim. I am not a victim. I'm going to have compassion on myself. I'm going to receive love and compassion from God and the body of Christ, but that's not my identity. Make a decision. It's something about people who make a decision that they're not going to be a victim. Next, make a decision to receive, not just believe. God's power received and believed leads to a life of victory. Receive it. It's yours. There's no rejection in God. He loves you. Have a corrective experience with God. He is not like those people who hurt you. You can receive it. You can be vulnerable. There's power and vulnerability. But we have to believe and receive. And, and I want to share this. This really uh, touched me. Um, because you know how you read things and then it jumps off the page at you? And, and so I just think of how God has so much, so much, so many gifts, so like a feast, a banquet here for us. But we say no, because we can't be a victor and we can't be a victim at the same time. And, and so we have to make a decision to embrace our new identity. We have to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Victor is defined as a person who defeats the enemy or an opponent in battle, a game or competition. Have you defeated the enemy? Have you defeated the enemy? <laughs> have you won the war? No, you haven't. But Jesus has that, and the fact alone makes you a victor. It's hard because I know I'm from the city. If somebody gives me something, what's the catch? <laughs> like, what, what is this about? But there's no strings attached. You believed and you received. And therefore, you have the victory. And finally, lastly, make the decision to be a part of the family of God. Make the decision to be a part of a community that encourages you and to, 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 to lift you up, that would speak the truth in love. And in closing, I really want us to they bring up that slide, end with a prayer, and the altar team could come up. 
because this is so important. We plant seeds. We plant seeds in our children. We plant seeds in our lives. And we plant seeds in the lives of other people. There's so many people that I talked to and they said, I didn't know Christ, but I used to hang out with my friends and they took me to church. We had kids at VBS, our very first VBS last week, who don't go to church, but they were invited and they learned about the armor of God. They learned about the armor of God and how to stand and how to war in the spirit. Invite other people into the fold. Don't just be greedy. Don't just, I got the word, I got the word. But give freely as you receive and freely give. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.